Burton on Texas football. I'm joined today uh, by Jerry Hamilton of InsideTexas.com, as well as uh, uh, On3 Sports. Uh, Jerry, Merry Christmas to you, buddy. How you doing? I'm great. Merry Christmas to everybody out there. And uh, just uh, down in Florida, getting ready for uh, Under Armour game check-in the 29th of December, first practice the 30th. Uh, Well, I tell you what, uh, you're lucky to be in Florida because – and have made it because yes. half of America, I think, is uh, stuck in an airport or or trying to drive home from somewhere right now. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty rough travel out there. I'm, my uh, my kids down here with his all his ex buddies down here in Jupiter, Florida, and he's supposed to, he's supposed to fly back on the first. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, I'm Jerry, I got news for you, bud. Um, I tried to make uh, my parents weren't able to come in this holiday season uh, for me uh, because they had uh, we had COVID in our house, so couldn't. Couldn't have anybody in. Uh, but uh, then I started looking for uh, tickets to try to get down there. And Southwest Airlines, uh, and or for them to come up here, Southwest Airlines travel was completely inoperable. Right. So, I mean, it's like, how do you even get anywhere uh, yeah. these days? But, uh, hey, look, I uh, want to talk uh, a lot of stuff tonight. Uh, not about travel plans, but more about where the Longhorns are traveling on Thursday down to San Antonio. Uh, to take on the Washington Huskies. Uh, before we do that, I want to say thank you, uh, as usual, to our uh, good uh, sponsor, Energy Texas. Uh, energy Texas is for Texans by Texans. When Energy Texas becomes your energy provider, you're dealing with and calling people in the great state of Texas. Not back east, not overseas, Texans. We're proud to be from the greatest state in the union and prouder still to be fighting for the little guy against big power. That's energytexas.com. Uh, hey, Jerry, let's just cut to the to the crooks of it. Texas takes on Washington. Washington's offense is prolific. Texas finished the year with a really, really good defense, playing excellent defense really the last three games of the season or four games of the season, including TCU. Uh, what are your thoughts on the game? Yeah, you know, these bowl games are so tough because of opt-outs and, you know, I mean, just the motivation factors for different. These are more difficult than ever. Um, both teams have about the same to play for, if you ask me. I mean, um, look, it's it, Washington wins this game. They're going to probably end up ranked in the top 10 at the end of the season after bowl games. That's a lot for them to play for. I mean, I, I can't remember the last year Washington finished with a top 10 AP ranking. I'm sure Joe Cook's put that into something and I haven't read it yet, but it's probably been a while. Um, as far as Texas, I mean, you win this game, you're nine and four, you finish ranked in the top 15, probably in the country. Uh, and you have so much positive momentum. Um, look, I think the whole key is everybody's always like, well, which quarter, you know, how's, how's Quinn Ewers going to play? I I have a little different feel on this one or thought on this one. I think it's really the type of game Jonathan Brooks has running the football, um, and the offensive line. Um, look, Washington will probably come out and prove me wrong. I, I think the Pac-12 is a little soft conference of a bit of a soft conference in the trenches these days. This is not USC from 2005 with a bunch of very physical players on both sides of the line of scrimmage in that league. I mean, it's just not. So if the Texas offensive line has success, I I think Texas will win the game. If they don't, I don't see how Texas wins the game. If they can't run the ball, and really get a push up front and move some bodies, I think it's going to be tough because I I think DeBoer is one of the best young of their 50 coaches in college football. I think he's tremendous. And um, they're going to score points. It's just, is Texas going to be able to establish the run and, and do it from the out onset? 
you mentioned this, Jerry. Um, how are they going to score points if they can't run the ball? You're not wrong because they still don't have a third wide receiver. Right. I mean, that, that's what we got to remember that. Had a month they're, they're, game, they've had a month to game plan for it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, of course, JT Sanders is your third wide receiver. We get that. But the reality of it is, uh, Texas still doesn't have a third wide receiver that, you know, not necessarily strikes fear in anybody, but they're just not, they're not there yet. The two young guys, Brendan Thompson and Savion Red, aren't there yet. And Casey Kane just doesn't do it, you know? And so, um, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see, uh, what it all means. I thought it was interesting today, uh, at the, uh, I want to talk about this a little bit because I thought it was really a fun time. Uh, last practice of the year, Steve Sarkeesian had the guys dress up as other numbers. Yeah. On, uh, you know, and so Moro Ojomo was playing cornerback and Tavondre Sweat was playing wide receiver on the goal line. And Tavondre Sweat ran a sweat, ran a slant route for a touchdown, Jerry. <laughs> that basketball background came in handy on change your position and number day. Yeah, exactly. And they had, uh, I think Cole Hudson was kicking, kicking extra points uh, as well. So, uh, we got to see a lot of that kind of stuff going on. It's a it's a fun thing to uh, – this is what bowl season is a lot about, and I, I feel good about that. Um, one thing I do want to mention that I thought was interesting is yesterday, um, we got a real insight into uh, what Pete Kwiatkowski feels about this defense and how they incorporated Gary Patterson. Um, Steve Sarkeesian really does not allow his coordinators, I think, one – once every six months or so, like one preseason, one postseason. And his two coordinators were met with the media this week, uh, Kwiatkowski yesterday and uh, Kyle Flood today. Uh, Kwiatkowski yesterday talked about uh, how they incorporated the quarters matching coverage of Gary Patterson into this defense and how it, it really helped them elevate their game plan uh, because it was something that the kids were more familiar with and allowed them to play faster. And I thought as the year ended, you saw them playing really, really fast. And that's why, that's why they got better as the, as at the end of the year. Yeah. And, and look, I, I mean, I think the best news for Texas fans would be if Gary Patterson's here next year again. I, I mean, I think two years of that combination uh, would be tremendous for the Texas defense. I mean, I think it would add even more continuity um, and, and, if you if you put the two minds together, right, and probably three with Choke, who's been a you know head coach before, right, and uh, has been on the defensive side of the ball a long time, I, I think you have something there. Um, you know, there's no there's no arguing how big time, great, whatever you want to call it, of a defensive mind than Coach Gary Patterson is. I mean, nobody can argue that. So um, I, I think that is huge for this program next year. So if Gary Patterson's back next year, and I'm not saying he is or isn't, right? I don't know that. Um, but I think it, I think going in the next season will be a pretty big deal for this team. Got it. Um, here, here's some questions. Uh, you know, Jalen Ford on uh, Monday came out and said, hey, he's going to look at the NFL draft. You can't – you got to say, good for you, Jalen. You, you, you earned it, buddy, right? Yep. Um, Xavier Worthy today uh, took a different tack and said, oh, I, I, I'm just focused on this game. He didn't say, I'm coming back for sure or anything like that. Does that rub you the wrong way as a reporter or would it rub you the wrong way as a Texas fan? Uh, that's my question. I think as a Texas fan, it does. As a reporter, 
you got to say, go get yours. You know, I mean, we're, you know, everybody works for a living and they, they have to go where they can make the most money. Is that, I would assume Texas can match or beat anybody though, when it comes to money. So I don't, I don't necessarily know where Xavier Worthy's trying to go with, with, with what, what he said today. Well, I think if, uh, if it's me, Sark probably knows exactly what's going on, right? But if it's me and I'm a Texas coach that doesn't know what's going on, I'm the one that has the issue with it. I mean, we're trying to win a game here. And you put out, you know, and it's not like you're draft eligible. So you're pretty much insinuating, you know, I'm, I'm worried about this game. And that's what people say they're going to the draft or leaving. And, of course, he came back with some other statements after that. But um, I think everything's said with a purpose, <laughs> you know. And uh, I think uh, if we just brush it aside and say, ah, that's just a kid being a kid. It, nowadays, I, I don't think we can do that. I think you have to kind of uh, have your antennas up all the time with these guys. But if it, if, it was, if I was an assistant coach, I'd probably have more of an issue with that statement than a Texas fan or somebody that reports on Texas. Yeah, I, I – I agree. I mean, I think you just have to, it's one of those things, Jerry, where we have to, it is part of what we're doing nowadays, you know, and how we have to cover uh, college football. I will say this, and I, and I mean no harm to Xavier Worthy and hope he remains a Longhorn forever, but the one position you don't necessarily have to worry about in the portal is wide receiver. Right. There, there's going to be a guy in the, in the portal that, that, I mean, cause Xavier Worthy is getting, I, my understanding is he's getting a lot of NIL money right now, as much as anybody, any receiver out there. And frankly, you know, if he goes, somebody will take his place. Yeah. Is, is well, my, it, it, my whole deal with Worthy, I've said on the show before, is look, I was part of the ranking of Xavier Worthy as a five star on three. We all think he's that level talent. Um, he hasn't performed like it this year. I don't care how many touchdown catches he has, he's left a lot on the field this year. And a lot of that uh, hurt a first-year starting quarterback. So that's kind of my issue with some of this stuff nowadays is, hey, I'm all for you going making as much money as you can. But, you know, why don't you back it up on the field? Yeah. And, no, I, I, think that's, and I think that's the fans' take, too, by the way. You know, and you I didn't have as good a sophomore year as you did a freshman year. Yeah. But you're acting like you had a better year. And that, that's an issue for me. Yeah, and I think that's fair. I mean, we'll see. I he's a he's a good player. Texas certainly could use him. Yeah, uh, no and doubt. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's one of those situations. It's it's interesting, uh, Jerry. We finished up recruiting last week. Uh, well, we finished it up, kind of. I mean, as much as you can ever finish up recruiting. Right. Uh, vast majority of players signed. Really, only two guys left out there right now: Jelani McDonald, who we believe signed with a school. Whether that's Texas, TCU, or Oklahoma State, we don't know. Uh, but he is announcing uh, January seventh at the Army or at the uh, Adidas All American Game, uh, and then also Deuce Robinson, the tight end out of uh, Phoenix area. Do you know what the latest is that you've heard on Deuce Robinson at this point? You know, not nothing. Nothing majors changed. I still think there's three players in this. It's uh, Georgia, who most people consider the favorite, um, USC, Texas. Texas, USC, whichever way you want to put it. Um, I think those are the three players in this recruitment. Uh, I don't think any of the staffs know which way this is going right now from based on what I've heard. And that's probably the way it should be. They've, the recruitment's not going to end until first week in February, first Wednesday in February. Uh, but I know this. Even if Kamori Pimpton had signed with Texas, Texas wasn't backing off Deuce Robinson. 
I mean, that's how much they covet Deuce Robinson. And he is the number one ranked tight end in the country. Uh, so Texas is all in on this recruitment, as is Georgia, as is USC. Um, and I think we'll just we'll have to see what happens with it. But um, the only way Texas will back off this commitment before the first Wednesday in February is if they're flat out told he's not coming there. Yeah, I, I think that I think Texas has a never say never say die uh, attitude with this stuff. All right, here's here's a question, Jerry. We're going to take questions tonight, sure. uh, pretty much all the way through. Uh, this one comes off the Inside Texas message board, uh, and it talks about this. How good are the pass defenses in the Pac-12 versus the Big 12? How good are the run offenses in the Pac-12 versus the Big 12? Um, I Frankly, there are... Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. My opinion is this. The Big 12 plays a little bit better brand of defense than the Pac-12. Agree. Um, they have more uh, – they're more multiple – uh, they're a little bit more physical, uh, by and large. Uh, not this huge chasm, by the way. So right. don't don't get me wrong. It's like the, the SEC plays a stronger brand of defense than the Big 12, and I think that it's a little bit different. But um, the Pac-12 does not play great defense historically. The vast majority of their best players are always on the almost always on the offensive side of the ball. That being said, they like to play complementary football over there. Um, not unlike what we used to see with, uh, you know, say, uh, I'm trying to think of uh, OU when they had students, you know, they'd run the ball wide open and then try to get, get down. But you look at this uh, group of passers, uh, two guys over 4,000 yards this year in that conference, Michael Penix and then the Heisman winner, uh, Caleb Williams. You've got guys, uh, Cameron Ward is a, a transfer from Incarnate Word, that went up there with uh, his uh, former uh, head coach, offense coordinator, Eric Morris, now the head coach at North Texas, uh, by the way. He's up over 3,000 yards. I, I feel like that defense in the in the Pac-12 definitely, um, it, it's not quite it's not quite as good as the Big 12, but really, we're really just talking about Washington versus Texas here. So throw yeah. all of the conf- this conference versus that conference out. Washington won 10 games this year. You don't win 10 games in any conference without being a good coach and without having a good squad. I mean, yeah. that's that's my take on it. Um, not this day and age where there is a lot, a lot of talent parity, right? Um, yeah. Now, they didn't – I don't think they played USC um, this year, uh, and so they did get that kind of bypass uh, year, but – um, what are your thoughts on their pass game, run game, and their th- them as a whole, Jerry? Yeah, I don't know if our producer, Matthew, can put that stats back up. But there was something glaring for me on that. Um, oh, if not, Michael, uh, the quarterback at Washington, was sacked five times all season. Caleb Williams was sacked 30. There you go, sacks. Five sacks all season. 
So this is not a game where people say, oh, well, Texas can't get home and sack the quarterback. Nobody's sacked this guy all year. I mean, think about five sacks and what do you have, 400 passing attempts? That's unheard of. And part of that scheme, right, uh, 500 attempts, one sack for every 100 attempts. I mean, if that's not lowest in the country, I don't know what is. So um, I think that's something for Texas fans on uh, the 29th is this is not a team that unless the offensive lines are extremely soft in the Pac-12, this is not a game you're going to sack the quarterback. And it's part of its scheme. Uh, part of it's uh, Michael Pierce is good. He can make plays with his feet. He can keep he plays and Caleb alive. Williams both make plays with their feet. Right, right. So you know, look. I mean, I, I've already, I've already said. I think DeBoer is one of the best under fifty coaches in the country. I think that's tremendous. You don't go to Indiana and have that type of success. Walk into Fresno, win immediately. Now go to Washington and be knocking on the door for a top ten season without being really good. That's just doesn't. That's not three schools that that happens at, right? Um, so he's he's really good. I think the whole key for me is to answer the question the best I can. Is look when I was part of the Under Armour game and Under Armour camps, and this is kind of what I think that Pac-12 is is lacking a little bit. When we go to California and have an Under Armour camp, we look for twenty three to twenty five Power Five offensive linemen for that camp. I couldn't find them when I was over the camp. In the state. I mean, you go to Florida, you can. Prospects, that mean they're going to sign. Portals changed everything. Some of these kids are getting knocked down to G5 now. Atlanta camp, loaded. Texas camp, loaded. California, the most populous state in America, couldn't find 25 guys the last couple of years. So, and I talked to a coach that used to be at Oregon. Guess where he's at now? And I asked, you know, you have to come to Texas to fill the slice. He said, we don't have guys like that in, in California. And and he was at Oregon. And I said, why not? He said, they're all clean eaters playing beach volleyball. He kind of jokingly said that. So how physical, how big are these guys going to be in the Pac-12? I don't I, – I think the Pac-12 schools have to leave the region to recruit offensive linemen. And I think that's kind of a reflection of the Pac-12 conference right now as a whole. Yeah, I, I I think that's fair. I think that the thing that I would grab from this is clearly Washington more prolific offense, Texas a better defense, yeah. each by about five point each way, right? Yeah. Uh, Washington scores five point one more points per game. Texas gives up five point one fewer. <laughs> so I, yeah, and, and but another thing about the Pac-12, I mean, I know one game doesn't mean the rest of a season, and it was the first game of Dan Lanning as a, as a head coach. They couldn't do anything against Georgia. I mean, anything. And they're went over the Pac-12 and had a really good year, right? And, and a well, lot I of mean, games- Utah, Utah won the Pac-12, but lost at the very first game of the year to, to Florida. And I think Utah is the most physical team in the Pac-12. I think Kyle Whittingham has the most physical program in the Pac-12. And maybe Dan Lanning gets there, but I think right in the last few years, it's been Utah. Yeah. Another question from, uh, uh, on Texas football. When do y'all expect portal ro- recruiting to really pick up? Uh, Deuce Robinson and Peyton Woodyard recruitment updates. We've already talked about Woodard. Tyler Scott and Jacoby Lane update. You do, you guys do God's work. Happy holidays. Um, let's talk about portal recruiting. Let me take that one up. Yeah. So really, I think that, that will start back in earnest after uh, all of the bowls have cleared and some of the uh, playoff games, et cetera, have cleared. 
Uh, although I do expect Texas to start uh, going harder, especially if some of Texas's own players start looking at the portal as well after the bowl game uh, and they have to backfield. As far as Deuce Robinson, Jerry has said it's up in the air. He expects to make his decision uh, the first Wednesday in February. Peyton Woodyard is the uh, safety out of St. John Bosco. Uh, Jerry, what are you hearing? And he's a 2024 guy. Texas put their line in the water with uh, the commitment from uh, and the signature of DeAndre Moore out of Bosco this year. Texas looking to go back there in 2024? Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt. I think that is really – look, Sarkeesian obviously had a connection there. Um, uh, and he wants to have a true footprint in Southern California. So getting DeAndre Moore was a big win. I mean, Georgia wanted DeAndre Moore, right? So that was a big win. Um, and Bosco's a loaded program, right? They're the mythical national champions. Them and uh, Santa Ana Mater Day, Mater Day kind of exchange, go back and forth on that every year, it seems, right now. Um, but I, I think Texas has really made up some ground with, with Woodyard. I think Georgia entered November easily as the team to beat. Uh, so we'll see which way he goes. I think USC is uh, in it, but I don't think they're the pick early on. Even if he makes a pick here, January 7th at the uh, around the All-America Bowl is, is expected. Uh, Chad Simmons put that out. There's a long way to go in this recruitment. Let me ask you this. What are they looking for in the portal? Um, what is Texas looking for? Asked by J.W. Crunch. Yeah, um, I, by the way, I forgot the answer on Tyler Scott and Jacoby Lane. Oh, go, um, go for that first. Yeah, Tyler Scott, I mean, I put in an RPM for Auburn. I believe he signed with a college during the signing period. He's announcing January 7th at the All-America Bowl. Um, if it's not Auburn, I'll be surprised. Been wrong before. Um, Jacoby Lane, that one's an interesting one. Um, I think uh, – I don't know how to, which way to put this. Um, academically, it may, may make more sense for him to go to Arizona State. So we'll see. Got it. Uh, right. What Positions is Texas in the portal? Yeah, um, safety for sure. They got a corner in Gavin Holmes, got Malik Muhammad signed, got Derek Williams signed at safety. But I think if there's a difference maker at safety in the portal, I think that would uh, would be number one. Obviously, Jihad Carter expected to announce between Ohio State and Texas, a Richmond, Virginia kid. Those kids really love Ohio State. We'll see if Texas can overcome that. Um, I think if there's a Look, I think you've said it the best all year, Bobby. If there's starter-level guy in their eyes, that's a game-changer. So if there's a starter-level at edge as a pass rusher, uh, wide receiver, absolutely. I'll be surprised if there's not a wide receiver taken in the portal. Um, you know, after that, D-line, there's just not those type of guys that go into the portal. They're too valuable, few and far between. Um and those guys are going to make NIL money at the schools they're at if they're already in a Power Five conference, right, or, or on a Blue Blood program or one of the top programs. If there's a FCS kid, those guys are normally more edge guys than interior players for me. Uh, so that's interesting. Linebacker, I think that's a long shot now. I mean, it'd have to be somebody big, big time. Uh, so I think we're really looking at safety. Um, they got corner. Uh, wide receiver for sure, maybe edge. All right. I don't know about uh you. I think those are the ones. I think you could see a defensive tackle late, depending on how it how things run out. Uh, a it's got to be a big body. We should tell people that it's got to be a big body at D line. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. Um, all right, uh, haven't heard anything on Isaiah Nayar in a while. Any updates on his re injury rehab? I was actually told I've been getting asked this question in almost every chat. I was told this week everything is on schedule. No, nothing more than that. So uh, not going well, not going bad. 
Everything is on schedule. I asked, does that mean he's back for spring ball? And the answer was, we'll have to see. Not sure. Yeah. So that's where it's at. I, I don't know what the final answer will be, but uh, I did try to get that update for everybody. Uh, David Williams had a question for us here. I hope Maurice or yes. comment. Uh, I hope Maurice Blackwell is on the field more and plays looser in coverage than DeMarvian Overshone. Hopefully Blackwell playing deeper in coverage will help UT defend the sh quick, short passing game. I want to add that into this question because Mo Blackwell is one of the guys that I would mention. This comes from King Me. Can you go in depth on how bowl game practices benefit a player's development going into spring ball? And what underclassmen are you excited for next season? Mo Blackwell is one of those guys for me. Yeah, uh, no doubt. I, I think I think that's a big one. Um, look, I, I remember going to see Mo Blackwell in high school, and what always impressed me about him was tremendous special teams player and would really strike and play fast despite being um, undersized. Even undersized in high school. He's 6'1", 185-ish, 190, right? He was still undersized in high school. But that guy played almost with a reckless abandon of a 220-pound guy. Uh, so I, I don't have any doubt he can match the physicality needed uh, at that big-time Power 5 level. Uh, I think he's got the great feet, the quickness, reactive quick. I think he's got all that. All, his whole deal is going to be how much weight's he going to carry and, and how's he going to be able to stand up against the run. I mean, I think that's the whole deal there. But I expect him to make plays. He made plays on special teams in high school. Um, he made plays at linebacker safety. Wherever they line him up, he's always made plays. He's always around the football when you watch the end of a play. And I don't think that's going to change. Yeah, I, I don't either. Some of the other uh, underclassmen that you like, Jerry, that you want to see more of, Terrence Brooks, for me, yes. fits yep. that category. Um, I think that that when you look at it, uh, maybe an Ethan Burke, a Jamon Tapp, see some action uh, this week. Uh, maybe a little bit more than normal um, as they get older and more mature uh, yeah. with the extra month of practice. Uh, and then, obviously, the offensive linemen still. I mean, I, I want to see what they do, and then I want to see if Savion Red and and Brennan Thompson show anything, and then, obviously, Jonathan Brooks, the junior. Yeah, my, my four guys for next year are that I think if they – Cam Williams plays well at right tackle, right? Neto, I'm very excited about him potentially battling at left guard, getting more playing time because I think he can be devastating in the run game. I think he could be a difference maker in the run game. Um, and then defensively for me, it's Bledsoe and Chris Ross. I want to see where their bodies go um, because those guys have pass rush ability with size. Now, whether that's playing a hybrid off the edge or whether they add 15 to 20 pounds, in the Big 12, if Chris Ross is 275, 280 next year, if, or Bledsoe's 275 next year, if, those guys can be a factor rushing the passer on the interior. So I'm, I'm interested to see how they develop this spring. We're not going to see that in the bowl game, but how they develop this spring and in August when pra practices start next year. I'm pretty confident Cam Williams and NATO are going to look like future NFL guys. Um, I, I'm interested to see – these this defensive line group that didn't get a lot of time this year that were very talented but raw, Tap you mentioned, Burke you mentioned, Bledsoe, Ross, Aaron Bryan against the run, Zach Swanson is a guy who they think has a really good motor. The staff thinks has a really good motor. How those guys develop 
because the, some of those guys you need to pro, to provide some quality depth and more snaps next year. And how many of those guys do you think is going to tell the story next season? Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Got a question coming up from Daniel Kinneman next. Uh, but first, I want to make sure uh, we uh, give a hat tip to our sponsor, Energy Texas. Energy Texas is for Texans by Texans. When Energy Texas becomes your energy provider, you're dealing with and calling people in the state of Texas, not back east, not overseas, Texans. We're proud to be from the greatest state in the union and prouder still to be fighting for the little guy against big power. That's Texas Electricity done right. Energy Texas, www.energytexas.com. Here's a question from Daniel that I think is a good one uh, because we like to talk a little bit about this, right? Favorite yes. three star on each side of the ball in the 2023 class. They didn't have that many. So to say right. on each side of the ball may be too much. But Matt, can you put up the three stars uh, for Texas and, and let us uh, give a look here? Let's read them off. Leona, Leongale Lafau, uh, the linebacker out of Kahuku, Hawaii. Peyton Kirkland, the offensive lineman out of Dr. Phillips in Orlando. Billy Walton, an edge prospect from South Oak Cliff. Trevor Goosby. Uh, out of Melissa, Texas, a developmental offensive tackle prospect. Connor Stroh, another big offensive line prospect, six six and a half, three hundred fifty 350 pounds from the Metroplex. Trey Weisner, a running back out of DeSoto. Spencer Shannon, Shannon a tight end uh, from Modern Day. And Andre Kojo, an offensive lineman uh, from Mansfield Timberview, as well as Will Randall, uh, the tight end out of New Orleans Newman. I don't think that's only one that's only one or two defensive players in that group. Right. Go up, go up on that, Matt, just to make sure. So uh, my, two, two defensive yeah. players, and then most of them are offensive players. My two were pretty easy off this list. Um, Billy Walton is a defensive guy for me. I, I think LaFowle is going to be a really good player. Um, Billy Walton to me is the one, and it's not next year, it's two years away. It's kind of like some of the guys they brought in last year, the taps uh, of the world where that frame goes, because if he ends up carrying, being able to carry 240, 245 pounds, the improvement he made from junior to senior year is pretty significant. Not in sack numbers. That was actually the same, but his physicality. Um, that, to me, put him on another level. And if he can get to where he can carry 240, 245, uh, I think Texas is really going to have something. On the uh, offensive side, for me, it's Connor Stroh. I like guys – that lose weight on their own in high school and are disciplined enough to do it and disciplined enough to every day work on changing their body for the better as a football player and does it while powerlifting. And I thought his improvement from junior to senior year was pretty interesting. He was down the field more. Uh, around the finish of plays, he was more physical, but I don't think he got more physical. I just think he moved better. Those physicalities showed up, but guy, that guy's going to maximize his talent. And so that for for me, that makes him very interesting to follow. And these are ne neither one of these guys we're going to see next year. It's going to be after that. 
I'm, I'm going to go almost to the bottom of that list for two of mine. They're both <laughs> on offense, you. so I'm sorry. I can't give you one. I, you know, I think that <clears throat> I like Andre Kojo as a developmental prospect, and I like Spencer Shannon. Um, he's a tight end that dual sport athlete has a, has the frame you want. I think he's a plus gunner helm is what I yep. think. Does that make sense to you? He's a little bit bigger, uh, maybe a little bit stronger, maybe a little bit quicker and, and faster overall. And so gunner helms already found a way himself into the rotation, you know? And so when you start talking about three stars, you're not necessarily talking about guys that you think are going to end up being superstars. Uh, but I think, uh, I think Spencer Shannon has, has a little something to him. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I agree with you. And, and I think Will Randall's going to fill a really big role for Texas. I mean, he has some Andrew Beck similarities. He's a physical player, makes football plays. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he's used uh, down the line at Texas. Gotcha. All right. I'll go this question for you. If we land, this is from Grady Jenkins. If we land Jelani McDonald, how many spots do we still have available for in this cycle? Um, they take a tight end. I think they're done at wide receiver outside of portal, uh, un un unless we hear something different. Um, done at O line, right? Done at O line for sure. Um, I, I don't. I mean, I don't see much. Maybe if a corner popped up, but I just I think Tyler Scott's headed to Auburn. Um, and anything else out there? I don't know. I mean, if some defensive lineman hit the portal immediately or some ha something happened, but I think that's more. I, I think you save the. I think you save those spots for the spring. Yeah, we talked about this, Jerry, and it's something that we needed that we should mention. Um, think about it. The portal is a. It's twofold. One, you can improve your team, but it's also the uh, last resort that you can improve your team in May. You know, I, I give uh, I gave the example a couple of weeks ago or a week or so ago about, hey, what happens if you go in and you have a senior quarterback and he gets his knee injured the last day of spring practice? You've got to go find a quarterback, right? Well, the same can be said as a for a cornerback or a running back or a wide receiver or any of yeah. those positions. <laughs> I think you've got to save at least a couple for that May time period so that you make sure you don't go into fall with, you know, way too young at a certain position or just out of sorts at a certain position. Right. Yeah. And, and I, and I think this too, there were name, and we're not going to say her name and we can't do that, but there are names we thought were going in the portal possibly. Well, let's see how all the coaching changes go and how spring football goes. And Hey, there's be, be some kids probably pop in the portal that we didn't think were, because they didn't jump in in December or January. And I think that's very important, too. I think the patience and the long game here is very important. And there may – look, Shadrach Banks transferred from A&M after his first semester there in the spring, right? These kids, it can happen. Some really talented guys. I mean, Texas tried to get Shadrach Banks. TCU just got the guy. And you think that was good, smart by TCU to take him? I mean, so I think the patience is really key – um, because if you did a good job recruiting kids, even if you lost out on them in December, they may have a bad experience their first semester and come your way. Yeah. All right. Uh, question for you, Portal guys, uh, from Nick V. Would Jack Sullivan and Edge from Purdue or Rondell Bothroyd from Wake Forest be potential targets for transfer portal uh, DTs? I said Edge. Uh, both have production, I believe, multiple years of eligibility left. 
I don't, uh, I know Bothroyd um, had something like 14 and a half, 15 and a half sacks. I don't think he's going to be a guy uh, that uh, they go for at this point in time. Uh, Sullivan, I do not know of yet. Uh, I, the Bothroyd situation is one that they would be very close with because of Gavin Holmes, who they uh, took via the portal from Wake Forest at corner. I just don't think that's going to be where Texas goes. Sullivan, I am. I do not know as of yet. Jerry, let me go to this one for you because you watched both of them uh, and, were, and saw them, I think, both in person. How does, this is from Eddie Lee, how does Jontae Cook compare to Xavier Worthy coming out of high school? Well, Worthy ran 10.55 as a junior. So that's one difference. I mean, Worthy's got speed, speed now. Um, there's a reason he was coveted by everybody in America. And that includes Sarkeesian and Saban at Alabama, right? Um, I think Jontae Cook is more developed as a route runner to nuances of the position, as he should be. He works with Margin Hooks, who's great at what he does. Not good, but great. Margin's great. I mean, these guys go to college ready to make an impact. I mean, Marvin Mims at OU. I mean, you can go down the list of all the guys uh, that Margin has worked with in recent years, and those guys go in and they're ready. I mean, if they mentally can handle the, the, the step up, they're going to be ready from a route running perspective and just understanding nothing they see is going to surprise them. So Jontae Cook is more advanced than Xavier Worthy. Worthy's a better athlete. That doesn't mean he's going to be a better player. Um, you know, I, I thought – I've said this a couple of times. But when I was uh, visited with DeSoto staff the week of the state championship game, they said Jontae matured so much this season. They didn't mean off the field. He's fine. They meant on the field. Um, mature – handling adversity, um, being a kind of a leader, showing more toughness. Uh, so he's made some strides in an important area as he heads to college because he knows the route running tree. He knows how to play the position. Uh, so if you add a more mature player on the field, I think that's going to be huge. And, you know, I asked DeSoto, I mean, what what is going to be the most difficult thing for John T. Cook at the next level this spring? They said not being the go-to guy all the time. How is he going to be? How's he going to adjust? How quickly is, is he going to adjust to being the number three guy potentially, um, and not the number one guy, and and handle running routes and playing hard, knowing you're not going to get the ball? And I think that's true for a lot of guys. So, but I think Jonte is technically ahead. I think Xavier Worthy's a better athlete. Jonte's a stronger kid, right? Has more weight on him um, coming out of high school. Jonte's going to be 5'11", 185 in time. That's what his, that's where his body's going to go. And he's going to be quick and strong. Is he a better contested ball catcher than worthy? Um, that's actually been a little bit of his inconsistency before this year. Um, he had, and I, I think it was more lapses of concentration. It's not hands, but plays where it's inside where he's running post or, um, maybe square in or something. He had a tendency to catch the ball with his body, right? Um, he caught everything hands away, was good leaving his feet on things outside the hash. It was actually interesting. Uh, but I do think he's improved there. Uh, I think, look, I think he's probably better than Worthy there, but he's still got to do it at the next level because Worthy looked fine coming out of high school. Um, all right. Uh, let's see here. Ask you this question. Jerry, from Xavier Delgado, top early enrollees for legit playing time. Um, Cedric Baxter, Sadir Mitchell, Malik Muhammad, uh, Anthony Hill, Leona LaFowle. That's five. Um, 
None of the OLs, but that makes spring practice a lot better. John Tay Cook. Six. Um, we'll say not Arch. I think he'll get some game time, but not Arch. Um, Colton Vosick. I don't know if I miss anybody. That's kind of no, seven. I, of I, I think those oh, are DeAndre good. Moore, DeAndre Moore. Yeah. I mean, somebody's going to have to establish themselves. Got I mean, it. so eight, eight of 14. Hey, Jerry, this is something that, that hits on what you asked. This is a question from David Williams. Why has the UT strength and conditioning staff not placed more emphasis ensuring Jare Bledsoe and Chris Ross not gain weight in order to play DT? They both lost 20 pounds from their senior years. Okay, first of all, you can't say that they have not placed more emphasis, David. You just you haven't been there. You don't know if the, the kids themselves are are doing this. You know, you can't ensure that really. Uh, also, I would say that it's possible that their listed weights in high school were somewhat inflated. So that being said, do I agree with you that they need 20 more pounds of muscle so they can play inside or at least three to five technique? Yeah, I do. I don't know that either one. What, I think Bledsoe is going to get there because he's just naturally strong. I'm not so sure that Chris Ross just doesn't stay it in. Yeah, I think it's interesting. They both are down probably eight, 10 pounds since high school for me, not 20. I'm um, seeing them in person. So it, that's interesting to me. Um, and, and I think, <laughs> you know, the question is, do both guys want to play outside, right? I mean, that's always the, that's always the thing, right? I mean, it's like uh, it, there's different reasons for that. So we're, we'll, we'll see what comes of it. I think that's fair, right? I mean, you can't – you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Yep. You know, that's that's the old saying. Um, another question. This is a good one, I think, too. Percentage on getting to double-digit wins this year. I think that's a natural progression, but I know players have to be replaced from this year or for next year. However, I think they can do it. Do you think uh, Texas wins double digits next year, their last year, I think, in the Big 12, Jerry? I'm going to say yes as of today because I think the offensive line is going to be really good. I think Quinn Ewers will be a better quarterback year two. Um, I I think Jatavion Sanders, it's kind of his contract year, right? Uh, Jordan Whittington comes back. Sweat. Uh, Byron Murphy. Wet Murphy Collins. I mean, it's all kind of contract years for those guys, right? Jalen Ford now, too, potentially, too, if he comes back as well. Yep, yep. Uh, and I and I think a guy like Maurice Blackwell is going to play really well next year. I think Terrence Brooks is a sophomore. Um, I think if Malik Muhammad comes in as good at corner, Gavin Holmes, that gives Texas some flexibility to move their pieces around and maybe on the chessboard at defensive back and have the best fits possible. Where this year, I'm not sure they could do that. Uh, so I actually do. Kicker's going to be a sophomore. You got a punter that has four years of, of power five experience and pressure punting situations. Um, I, I think a lot of things, and everybody said, well, Bijan, I get it. I think Jonathan Brooks and Cedric Baxter are pretty damn good, though. Um, so, you know, you got your, your tight ends back that played. I think the Carrick role is replaceable. Uh, so I, you know, and well, hopefully they don't have to use the jumbo tight end next. That's year. the other thing. Hopefully they don't. Uh, but I think I think one of the big keys, though, we're looking at that question is not the schedule as much as how good is Cam Williams at right tackle. Um, how how good is Cole Hudson at left guard? Jake Majors at center. Uh, they didn't have any offensive line injuries this year. So that depth is going to be more important next year because the chances of going two straight years with no interruption on your offensive line is probably zero. 
Yeah. Hey, I want to say this. Uh, I forgot <laughs> to mention this off the top, and I should have. Earlier today, Hudson Card uh, announced his transfer to Purdue. Um, congratulations to Hudson and to the other Longhorns who have now found their way elsewhere. Uh, Andre Karich now moving on to Tennessee. Uh, Junior Anglauf to Oregon. Jameer Johnson, I believe, is, is at Indiana now, and he's going that way. Uh, any other guys you can think of off the top of your head? If anybody can think of one, please put it up there for us, and, and we'll uh, mention them as well. But, hey, look, appreciate what those guys did. Junior Anglauf started three years for Texas. Hats off to him. Hudson Card came in and won the starting job, then lost the starting job, still performed admirably and acted admirably in the midst of it all. Which is right? probably more important, right? Yep. For his long term, you know, for who he is, yeah, it does matter more. Uh, Carriage Gate didn't say no when they asked him to move to jumbo tight end. Wanted to play, play offensive line, but he did. He was a team player. Uh, and so I, I, my hat's off to those guys, and uh, we wish them – uh, the best of uh, luck elsewhere. Um, and, and, and on Hudson Card, I think, look, if he's in a system where he can get the ball out quick, very quick, I think he can find some success. I, I think um, he's going to a cold-weather conference. <laughs> so uh, I hope the system is perfect for him. Yeah, I, I think that's true. I, I think there's a, a level of uh, a level of feel there that we just have to wait. Hey, uh, Jerry – who are you picking in this game on Thursday, Texas or Washington? Um, probably lean slightly to Washington, but I'm I'm not convinced. I just uh, I'm not convinced on the Pac-12. I, I I you know Florida beats Utah, Oregon gets annihilated against Georgia. Um, I I'm just I'm not convinced uh, the physicality of the league. If Texas comes with a physical mindset and can establish the run. But I lean to Washington slightly. I mean, look, I, I don't care where you play or who you play. Uh, like you said, they won 10 games. They that The quarterback was sacked five times in 500 attempts. I mean, that's unbelievable stat. So you're not going to sack the guy. So how are you – you have to be extremely disciplined defensively. Both teams have had, you know, plus weeks to prepare. Um Again, if Texas establishes the run, but I'm good. I'm making the prediction today. I got to go Washington, uh, just because I don't think they've had the guys uh, opt out of the bowl game that are as impactful as Texas. No, definitely haven't. In no. fact, they got their guy. Their quarterback even said he's coming back for another year. Yes, he's he's going to make a run at the Heisman next year. Is what's going to happen? Yeah, um, probably going to lose out to a guy in his own conference though, potentially, <laughs> <laughs> who was sacked thirty times but still made. All those wow plays for a really good team. Hey, uh, Jerry, looking at the – you mentioned we mentioned that uh, Florida beating Utah. Florida just lost 30-3 to in the bowl game to, to, Oregon State. to Oregon State. Now, that being said, Florida was at, without Anthony Richard, Richardson in the bowl game. Uh, also, Washington State, who Washington, you know, beat pretty soundly. Uh, and but Washington State scored a bunch of points on them. Fresno beat Washington State in their bowl game, twenty nine to six. Yeah. So you know, to your point, uh, it's very interesting about uh, where we're going with you know what the leagues look like, uh, et cetera. And we'll find out 
uh, more over the next. One, one of the things, one of the things I look at with this game is if you looked at Washington's schedule, how many physical teams have they played this year? Texas has played some physical teams: Alabama, Kansas State, right? I mean, Baylor's front was physical. Um, I mean, they, they, you know, Iowa State's plays a physical brand of football. I mean, so Texas has played some physical teams this year. Let's, How many? Let's physical look at. Teams let's look. I, I'm not that familiar, Jerry, with with Washington's with Washington's right. schedule. So let's look at them. Kent State would be a no. No. Portland State would be a no. Michigan right. State would be a yes. And that was a home game. And that was a home game. And still, Michigan State was not very good this year. And uh, uh, they beat them. Thir- Washington beat Michigan State 39-28. Stanford's pretty physical. They just don't have the skill guys typically. Right. Um, I don't think Arizona State would be in that category. UCLA would be Arizona, Cal, Oregon State might be. They beat Oregon State 24-21 at home uh, and then beat Oregon. And I think Oregon can be physical, but isn't typically. Right. So maybe maybe four teams all year with the same level of physicality as Texas. Yeah. Would you agree I, I with would, that? Yeah, I would say I would say that's fair. I yeah. would say that's fair. Boy, and when you look at the quarterback's numbers there, you're just like, whoa, man. I mean, <laughs> that's just I mean, that's eye-popping stuff. I mean, 516, 485 against Washington State. I mean, that's uh that's pretty impressive. But I will say this if Texas eliminates the Washington run. Well, look at that though. Look, look at the the high rusher. They only yeah. had they only had three games this year where their running back rushed for more than 100 yards. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So now the other thing with Washington is their two wide receivers may, as a combo, maybe as good as Texas has faced this year. Honestly. I mean, those are yeah. both thousand yard receivers. I mean, of course, they're going to be thousand yard receivers. The quarterback threw for a million yards, but still, those guys have put it on the board. Yeah. Now, I look. The offense they run uh, is is helpful too. I mean, I, I think that the Devore has a a really good offense for the college game. Uh, David Williams says UT is giving up 21 points per game this year. The UT defense has played well against much better total offenses than UW. UT has to press cover, and Quinn Ewers has to complete passes to the wide receivers, tight ends. Um, okay. I mean, I that that's like I don't know if Texas is going to press cover. Uh, but and I'll tell you why. If you're only giving up five sacks, you're going to play off, yeah, and try to react. You're not necessarily going to press. Um, but we'll see. We'll see where Texas goes with that. Uh, Jerry, uh, you have anything you want to mention uh, about the uh, about your uh, thoughts on this game further or anything? No, I I really I agree with David Williams on on one thing. I mean, I or where I think he was headed with it. I. I think Texas should win the line of scrimmage in this game. That doesn't mean you're going to sack the quarterback, but they should win the line of scrimmage. Um, and I hate to go Mac Brown, you know, win the line of scrimmage, rush for this more yards than the opponent and have less turnovers, but that may be the ticket in this game, honestly. I mean, if Texas wins both lines of scrimmage, I think they win the game. And that's the tough thing about making a call in a game like this is I don't know if Washington's how physical they actually are. They don't play a physical schedule. So it's hard to really know. Um, I'll say another big thing. I hope Xavier Worthy is the best receiver from the city of Fresno in this game. 
because that means he'll have had a hell of a game because Josh McMillan's a really good player. And that will help win out viewers quite a bit. <laughs> All right. I want to say thank you to our, our, our uh, uh, sponsor one last time before we take a, uh, one more, one or two more questions here. Uh, Energy Texas is for Texans by Texans. When Energy Texas becomes your energy provider, you're dealing with and calling people in the great state of Texas, not back east, not overseas, Texans. We're proud to be from the greatest state in the union and prouder still to be fighting for the little guy against big power. Um, Jerry, I'm looking at it um, and we talk about recruiting, portal, team stuff. Basketball's got a game today. We're we're waiting to hear what's going to happen with Chris Beard right now. And the reality of it is, is it's up in the air. He issued a statement, uh, his his, uh, fiance did on Friday, recanting some of our previous comments um, and allegations and clarifying some. Uh, what are your thoughts on the, the basketball program as is and, and what's going on right now? Yeah, I, you know, game tonight in about 10 minutes, they're playing a, I mean, it's a layup for real. Uh, A&M Commerce, they're not terrible, but they're not good. Um, Texas should win this game. I don't know, I'll pick 92-60-ish or something like that. The team is... You know, Illinois game, they, the ball got stuck in a couple of people's hands, and I really think that hurt Texas because uh, I've said it on here before. There's only I've only seen two guards, two players, period, at Texas that could milk a basketball and, and close out a game, TJ and DJ. And Texas doesn't have that. Nobody has TJ. And, and even DJ was a lottery because great at team running in the last four minutes of a game. Texas doesn't have that. So the ball has to not be sticky. It has to move. If Texas moves the ball, crisply makes defenses rotate they're going to score uh arterio morse had a great game the other night he's going to shoot better than he has all season he's getting comfortable right i mean tyrese hunter was slow to get comfortable in the perimeter shooting the basketball as a freshman at iowa state uh texas is hitting about 35 percent from three with the six guys that shoot the ball a lot that are going to be your three-point shooters in conference play in the rest of the season they're tracking correctly with the numbers um it's hard that be as intense defensively on the court without Beard because that really is his strength, is just energy, aggression, uh, coaching, possession to possession defensively, where those guys have a fear of not closing out correctly, rotating quickly. I mean, that's tough to replicate. The team has played pretty well. They haven't played anybody good, but they still have played well. Um, and you're seeing some of the guys, you know, Timmy Allen wasn't going to have a down season. He's had a down year from the free throw line, but he's too good of a player. That guy's been through a lot of adversity in his life. Um, Tyrese Hunter, the same. He's just got to stay healthy. Um, D- Dylan DeSue is available tonight. I'm not saying they're going to play him tonight. So that tells you his knee is o- is going to be okay. Uh, but I think it's, it's going to be a blowout win tonight unless Texas shoots two for 20 from three, and it still might be a blowout win. But then they go to Norman on the 31st. Big 12 conference play starts on the 31st at Norman. Um, and the conference, first half of the conference schedule sets up really well for this team. Uh, so, you know, they win the night, they're 11-1. and one. Um, I think the biggest question is, and I don't have the answer, and we're not going to sit here and talk about it, is, is when does a final decision come down? Because conference play starts in five days. Yeah, I, I don't know. And, and I, I don't want to – you know, those are decisions made above my, my pay grade, bud. Exactly. <laughs> the, you know, people that, that have the, the – uh, and, and, you know, I think that it's unfair to either way uh, for people to either victim blame 
in the case of the the fiance or victim bl- or or blame uh, Chris Beard because nobody we weren't there. We they right. don't know what happens, and so you're trying to uh, lock people in. And you know, look, uh, I hate to see that it happened, and I think it is a black eye uh, for the university and a black eye for Chris Chris Beard uh, in in his career because this is something that you just don't. You know, you don't want to be involved in at any level. Um, Jerry, uh, the the other thing that I would say uh, as it relates to Texas basketball is this. Is this the most talented overall team you've seen from the Longhorns top to bottom? No. um, The crazy thing is I think Shaka Smart's last team was more talented, maybe not better basketball players, but more talented. Like who? Who they have? Oh, Kai Jones, Jericho Sims. I mean, um, those guys were extremely talented guys. I mean, and you could argue Greg Brown's an extremely talented guy. I actually think he would have thrived under a guy like Chris Beard, right? Uh, I think Matthew Coleman would have been a better player under Chris Beard. So I think they're – now, Matthew Coleman's not as good as Tyrese Hunter. Make no mistake. Not, he's not as good a player. But I think that team was really talented. I mean, they had two first well, – they had uh, two first-rounders and a second-rounder, and Jericho Sims just got a big contract or is going to head it for a big contract. So um, they had, that team was really talented. Um, Rick Barnes' team that lost to Arizona was really talented, too. I mean, Texas has had – I don't think this is, but I think combination of talent, athlete, improved athleticism, and experience, this may be the best they've had. And I think had this situation not happened, this team was clearly headed for a two-seed outside chance at a one-seed. And maybe they still get there. I think it may be tougher through Big 12 play. Uh, but that that team, this team was headed that for that, and it's been a long time since Texas has been a two seed, and we know the last time they were one seed. I mean, <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, Jerry, thank you so much. Uh, I'll be with you again on Friday live stream yeah. after the football game uh, on Thursday night. I've got Rod Babers doing the post game show with me. Friday, Jerry and I are going to be doing a live stream at one p.m. as well, uh, and I have state of the program tomorrow morning uh, with publisher at Inside Texas, Eric Nolling. Uh, That's going to do it for tonight's live stream. Jerry Hamilton, thank you very much for being here. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Uh, For uh, Jerry, our producer, Matt Hutchison, and myself, Bobby Burton, this has been On Texas Football. Thank you.